Podcasting from the Museum of Broadcast Communications back to you is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. Hey, this is Tony Losano with Nude Hippo, the podcast. And this week, I have a special guest. Her name is? Amy Records Landa. <laughs> it's not Records. <laughs> records is not your middle name. <laughs> and we'll talk about the season finale of? Transparent on Amazon Prime. And the next edition of Nude Hippo, the podcast. I am not nude, though. We don't know. <laughs> nude Hippo, the podcast. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. No, I like Lasana. Tony, I, you know. Uh, take as much time as you need. We'll just take it from sports. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's uh, a callback that he's very good at. He's very good at that. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits podcast network. This is back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Steve, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thanks for the invitation. I, I was I hoping that show. I'd be invited back. I guess it's your show, too. <laughs> it was my show, but I'm, I'm on that show, but it's not my show. Yes. That was yeah. a, that was one of the great lines in radio in Chicago. Uh, Dick Duran was head coach of the Chicago Bears, <laughs> yes. and I think they called it uh, Chicago Bears Weekly with Dick Duran, uh-huh. and somebody <laughs> called in and said, uh, hi, Dick, uh, Coach, I really enjoy your show. And he said... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm on the show, but it's not my show. You're right. Well, right. Your name's on the show, Coach. And they went on and on about yes. who That's show it was. He was so humble. Uh, of all the ap- uh, coaches that I have dealt with over the years, uh, I mean, there have been a lot of great ones, but I mean, when we worked with him on Channel 2 and did his television show, which was the Dick Duran show, yeah. Um, the Bears were knocked out of the playoffs. He invited us, the entire crew, to his house to watch the NFC Championship game. That doesn't happen. Well, you know, I was surprised just from being around TV and having an opportunity to be around these sports figures that you would bring in the, the station, or uh, which was like a dream come true, to think that you could be around athletes and coaches and folks in sports. Uh, and, and I would get into casual conversations with them. And um, there, there was a coach that I think he followed, uh, Geron, uh, with the mustache. Dave Wanstead. Uh, yes, Wanstead. Yeah. Wanstead was looking at some tape in an editing room, and I walked by and said hi to him, and he was very friendly. And you know what our conversation was? At the time, his daughter was entering college. Mm-hmm. And he was concerned about her freshman year just as a student. And uh, it was just funny to have that kind of conversation on a, like a Friday and the game's coming up Sunday. And you realize, well, these folks are, you know, thinking about things that you think about. You know, your, your the home and family and what's my daughter going to do and uh, what's her, I got to move her into her door right. next week. Well, they have lives too, but I mean, when they're when they're in football season, they're so locked in. I can remember Dave Wanstead when he was coaching the Bears, and we somebody threw out a question about today being Halloween. Do you give out trick or treat candy? And he said, "Oh, it's Halloween." He had no idea. <laughs> they have no idea what date it is or anything. They just know that Sunday they're playing the Vikings. Well, you know what's funny about that conversation, as I recall more of it now. Uh, his daughter was thinking about going to Wisconsin at the time, and Alvarez was the coach, and he was sort of happy about that because he knew Alvarez, and it was like having another parent there to look out for her. I don't know yeah. whether she ever went uh-huh. or, or wound up going there, but it was just interesting, the same sort of uh, concern you'd have about a, your child going off to college. Another show, we had the Michael Jordan show on CBS, too, on Sunday nights, and uh, I don't know how many he would do in the course of a season, but I can remember you know, people wanting to chit-chat with him. We had to shut the door in our sports office, but I remember early in his career, like like a lot of athletes, you know, he was a young, skinny kid that just came out of college, and there was a McDonald's, remember, across yeah. the street, and he would come in with <laughs> with his bag full of McDonald's and sit there and eat, and I thought, you know, that's strange for a professional athlete, but he was so thin and burned it off that uh, he didn't have to change his eating habits until later on. I was impressed by the remarkable, uh, you say, energy uh, uh, that these athletes have. I was there on Sunday nights when the most intense games would be coming up. Magic Johnson would be in with the Lakers. Jordan would be there, and there would be this post-newscast 
where they preview the upcoming NBA Finals game that they were both in. Lakers were playing the Bulls for the yeah. championship. <clears throat> and if there was one thing that Jordan wanted to say to me, he'd say, hey, look, you think I can play in the morning? Now, this would be the day of the game coming up that night. He's talking about playing golf the next that morning sure. of the game. Sure. Where do you get the energy for something like that? And then when the game's over, he liked to go to a casino somewhere. Tell, uh, I just made me think of something about Michael Jordan. And the station would not let it go, as they're apt to do, once they hear something. He told you what he would like to do. Besides play basketball. <clears throat> like he wanted to do the weather. Yes. Yeah. He was yes. fascinated by doing the weather. And, uh, uh, the, <laughs> and then I felt bad because word got out uh, in management that he w wanted to do the weather. Jokingly said that to me. Yes. Jokingly, but I think he had an interest in weather. And they would not let it go. These knuckleheads him, actually think that he's hey, going to do the weather. Hey, Michael, when are you going to do the weather? When are you going to do the weather? And then I felt so bad because I, th I didn't want to give him the impression that I put anybody up to asking him right. about doing the weather. It was just so So that's when odd. he started. Oh, that's when he started coming down the other hall and didn't walk by, <laughs> didn't walk by the weather area. <laughs> right. Steve's going to ask me. me to do the weather um, again. No, but it's just uh, interesting. You know, I remember being at uh, Red Sox. No, no, it was uh, the Royals. Kansas City Royals at the time had Brett, George Brett. Yeah. Uh, Brett Saberhagen and a pitcher named Bud Black. And I went to, now this was the spring following the championship when the Royals had won it all. And we're sitting in this bar because I was going to interview some members of the team the next day doing weather and weather feature. And this was in Florida, spring training. And Bud Black kept asking, how do you do that? What are you looking at when you do the weather in front of that screen? Are you, is there anything back there? And George Brett kept saying, don't ask him things like that. He doesn't want to hear that. And they were all so, uh, you know, just real. And uh, I, I never realized that there was so much interest in what I did. There was a a program on public TV. Well, there's really what not. I was. There's no, not. there's an incredible just, amount. Let me finish. Okay. Uh, Should I let him finish, Tony? Okay. What's I talking about? <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> That's a joke. No. When I was working in Philadelphia years yes. ago, uh, PBS decided to do a show called Anatomy of a Newscast, and they chose the station where I worked, and they chose our nighttime news to um, showcase and to tell folks what went on all day long and during the breaks of the actual newscast. And uh, you had our anchors showing off how smart they were and they were acting like they were doing all of this heavy, you know, reading, uh, you know, on their own at their desks. Yes, and and like they're all actually the writing some of it. <laughs> the writers, yes. all the writers and producers, you know, are suddenly everybody's got a pencil behind their ear. Yes. Yeah, that helps to make you look, you know, sleeves rolled up. And they followed it uh, all day long. And then, and as the newscast aired, they aired the show on the public TV station and kept us during the break. So you'd see us That's just sort of sitting. Part. Yeah. If everybody just lets their hair One down the and doesn't. You, you know, know what they determined was what people were most fascinated by. Uh, we took questions from the audience about it. They all thought it was cool to see the green screen, me in front mm -hmm. of it, no map behind me, yeah. really, me looking at monitors. They all wondered how that worked. It's magic. Yeah. Carl Reiner was uh, on a show once, and I remember we had a conversation about Carl Reiner, you know, as fabulous as he is, with all the work that he's done, I think we're talking about chroma key. Even those who are professionals uh, don't use the chroma key a lot, with, and, and they're just fascinated by the use of it. And that was something I did every day, took it for granted, never thought about it after a while, and I was using the chroma key all, all the time, over and over again. Yeah.
You've got a green screen at home, right? I have a green screen. Still, in, re- in retirement. You <laughs> yeah, in the living room. Put things behind it. And my wife gets so sick of me standing up in front of that green screen saying, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You know, if people would ignore cameras, I mean, in almost any workplace, well, the office was an example of it, but I mean, you could do a reality show in a, in a TV station. Everybody would get fired. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I worked in another market with an anchor man that would have a glass of gin or scotch or whatever underneath the desk and would take a belt every commercial break. Oh, well, I've worked with uh, anchors before who surprised me at how um, well they could handle drinking between shows and doing a newscast. I mean, just a skill at being able to to not look like there's any evidence of too much to drink. No, huh. and I've I've also witnessed. I remember um, when I was first starting to work uh, in, in uh, TV news. I worked at a place where Jessica Savage <clears throat> had worked, and then went yeah. on to the network, and she became this star at uh, NBC. But they used to hold her up as an example of being able to perform during the worst of circumstances, where she'd have a flu. Or some virus, and and during the breaks, you know, just throwing up and can't, you know, just yeah. sick as a dog. Yeah. The commercial ends, boom, right back. And it would always be, if Jessica can do that, you can do it. <laughs> I mean, it was a great uh, lore, you know, that Jessica Savage could sit there and throw up. And <laughs> I don't know what else I was going to say, but she could uh, withstand a lot of pain and uh, nausea and still go on and work. It's almost the opposite of uh, too much to drink. You know, you hear these stories. Uh, one more old war story. When I was working in Cleveland, the weatherman would toss it to the sports guy. So the weather guy would finish and he would say, here's sports. So there was a big festival, the Feast of the Assumption in Cleveland. And the weatherman was obviously, he had a few. So he said, oh, okay, uh, we'll wrap up the weather and here's sports. Yeah. And the sports guy, he was an older guy. He was near retirement and he just looked up at him and he said, um, did you go to the Feast of the Assumption tonight? And he said, I certainly did. And he said, it's obvious, he, it's obvious you didn't have anything to eat. And yes. the yes. weatherman stormed into the newsroom. Yeah. And when the show ended, he had a revolver mm. out. Now, I don't know if it was loaded, but I mean, he was... Really? He was, yes. He was ready to... He was that mad. Wow. That was a great ending to that show. Yeah. <laughs> that made yeah. me want to so watch the next there's day. a reality show. Uh, can I do one more from Cleveland? This was one of the craziest things I ever had happen. The There was a door to our studio that went into our parking lot where we parked. And the weatherman one night uh, said, all right, and he's wrapping up. And he quit on the air and said, and he was all emotional and thank you to Howard Sudbury. It's been a w- wonderful working with you in 23 years I've been here. He quits, and then the camera, you know, is on me, and I hear the door slam and hear him pull away in his car, and I'm trying to talk about the Indians getting beat 8-3 to three after a guy just quit on the yeah, air. I was the most bizarre thing rough. that I ever had happen. Yeah, I, I wish I had that on tape. I don't uh, have. I've never had uh, episodes where it got like that. I've had uh, risky things happen in the street that would mess a live shot up. But I never really yeah. witnessed anything bizarre in a newsroom. Yeah, was that all, was bizarre live live yeah. on the air. So, but see, that helps you, make you a um, better performer because if you can keep your cool when all those about you are losing theirs, you know that's well. When you uh, got a guy quitting, yeah, sure. I, I mean quit, it, too. That's what I should have said. <laughs> I'm out of here. And gone and got in the car with him. Hey, I got a quiz for you. Like, like that's rare. I am. Guy's constantly testing. I was a huge TV star in the 70s. You were. I remember that. Yeah, yeah billboards yes. everywhere. You now, were there a huge. Were a, there were a lot. 
yeah. this, this person was. Oh, I thought uh, you said I was a huge well, TV. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get you. I'm seeing oh, if you can guess who this I is. I already I don't know what you're saying. What are you? Uh, I'm trying, I thought you meant you were a huge TV star in the 70s. Well, you know, hey, okay. I don't want to brag. Yeah. But no, this person was. Um, so that Burt Reynolds narrow it down. Burt he, Reynolds. He was. Um, his co-star is a successful director. Now. Okay. Ron Howard. It was Andy Griffith. That's a pretty good guess. Ron Howard was guess, the rather. Ron Howard was the director. Yeah, the, was his the co-star. Co yeah, that's what I'm of this guessing. Person. It was wasn't it. Andy Griffith. Um, it he, was uh, Henry Winkler. Yes, you got it quickly. You got it quickly. The reason I bring that up is that we were talking on the phone the other night that Steve and I have both been contestants on Hollywood Squares. <laughs> One of the, that's a little known not fact. at the same time. Not at the same no. time. Uh, Small one of the world, most, isn't it? Yes, one yeah. of the most iconic, uh, you know, game shows I think in the history of the country. But Henry Winkler was the was he the center square? No, he was He's just the, the executive EP. producer. He was for, what, for when I was there. He was the Fonz. When you Happy were there, Days. who was the executive producer? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, oh. and she was also the center square. So. Henry Winkler was not on the show. He wasn't. No. And what was he like? He was fantastic. Was he? Now, I don't think our experiences were the same. <laughs> no. Okay. No. My experience no. with Hollywood Squares, Henry Winkler in a sweater, cup of coffee, uh, walking around asking everybody if they were comfortable. Nice man. I'm trying to remember who the squares were. Uh, one was um, Coolio. Really? Yeah. Another, another, <laughs> another was uh, the Judd Mama. What's the the uh, the woman who's the mother of the Judds? Uh, Mrs. Judd. Mrs. Uh, Judd. Um, was it? Uh, um, oh, well, is there anyway? Uh, she was somewhat of a star. I don't know yeah, if she was an I actress or think not. Of it. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also had uh, the Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and was Tom Bergeron the host at yes, that time? Tom Bergeron. Now known mostly for Dancing uh, with the Stars? Yeah, he was the host yeah. of the show. And uh, we were sort of uh, personalities from across the country as contestants on the show, raising money for our favorite charity right. along the way. Right. And I got pretty far until Phyllis Diller messed me up. Did she? Phyllis Diller... In all sincerity, answered a question, and they asked if I thought she was right, and I said yes, and she gave me that, <laughs> <laughs> and was dead wrong, and I lost, and I could never Live feel the same way about her again. Yeah, because she got you. Yeah. Well, my experience—I had a great experience. It was—it was a blast. First of all, they take you. Uh, early in the day and teach you. I mean, tic-tac-toe we play when we were a kid, but there is a little strategy as to which, you know, which yes. square you pick yes. so you can get a tic-tac-toe. We went through the same thing. Yeah. Yep. So they did that, and then it was showtime, and um, I didn't see Whoopi go. Oh, oh, they warned us at this time. They said, do not, that Tom Bergeron is friends with Whoopi. Do not mess around with her. Don't joke with her. Just say, you know, true or false. Okay. No small talk with her. You're talking about during will, the show. She does not want to hear. She didn't okay. want to hear play with any amateurs. Hmm. So they warned. They said, please don't. It won't turn out well for you. So when we were going into the studio, I ran into her in the hallway, and I put my hand out and opened the door for her, and she said, no, after you. You're the guest. And uh -huh. she let me go through. That was the yeah. only interaction yeah. that we had. But um, then you climb up on this huge, uh, the set was huge. So up where you sit next to Tom Bergeron was like 10 or 15 feet up in the air, I think, right? You, yeah, didn't you ever sure. remember climbing stairs? Yeah. And I did win. Um, and I won. I think I gave $10,000 to the James Jordan Center. It was a, uh, an educational center that Michael Jordan had uh, put together over by the United Center where the Bulls played uh, to help. Do you remember any other, other stars kids. that were in the boxes, in uh, the squares? Yeah. Brad Garrett, uh, he was the older brother on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yep. Um, 
Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, was Gilbert one of them. was Gilbert was on mine too. Was he? Yes. Vivica Fox was on mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, is Gilbert Gottfried the voice of Geico? Affleck. He was. Yeah. Affleck. Affleck. He was the Affleck yeah. guy. He was fired. He was. Yes. Uh, for what? Because they uh, wanted somebody else, or I think a tweet. A tweet. See, that's why you're not on Twitter, Steve. I, uh, I stay away from it totally. Yeah, you should. Uh, anyway, that's our that's our now, Hollywood Squares. Well, yeah, that's my Hollywood now. Story, something which, else that speaking of game shows, I remember uh, I I went out and uh, unsuccessfully uh, ventured into the game show world. Uh, with Merv Griffin himself, really sitting there, trying to come up with a new game show. And the thing about it is, they're always testing game shows and throwing yeah. things against the wall and see if it'll stick. And many of them don't. Right. That's why you don't see a lot of of new ones necessarily. You may see revived old shows. Well, they they really become like any you know style of TV show. They come in and out of style. I mean, there'll be, you know, if one gets hot, then everybody tries to develop one. So Merv did uh, Wheel of Fortune, came up with that. Yeah, and Merv was there with a, a staff, about three or four guys, and uh, he was very nice and accommodating. And the only thing I couldn't, I couldn't get over how big Merv was. Huge man. Like, was he? Like Orson Welles size. Wow. So you remember uh, how Orson Welles looked. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, just a big uh, jolly man who was uh, <laughs> making him sound like Santa Claus. Yes. Uh, and, you know, he was very uh, accommodating and warm, like you'd think Merv Griffin would be, if you were, if anybody ever remembers Merv Griffin from TV days. So what was your role? Was, uh, were no, you just going to be to the a, host of this the host new game the show? show? Yeah, and we were in the... Uh, I can't remember. I think it was a hotel suite because they, they were just uh, testing it. Uh, and they had Jeopardy contest contestants who were huh. waiting to go on their shows and nothing to do. And they were experimenting to see how this new game show would be. Yeah, I got a call to do. There were They asked college kids in the area. This was back right when I first got to CBS. And they asked them if who they liked watching. And they sent me. And the production company called and asked me to come out and talk. So I... I did go out and talk to them, and then I made the mistake. They wanted me to come back and audition. They liked uh, the visit we had, and I made the mistake of asking CBS if I could go, you know, look into and this they thing. Said, of and course they said, not. Hey, what, what, what are you crazy? Yes. You got a new contract yeah. here, yeah. so that was that. But the show uh, was going directly to air in like this was like in November. It was going on the air in February, and. The old singer, I haven't heard of him in years and years and years, but do you remember John Davidson? Yes. He was a singer, and he hosted it, and the show was gone quickly. So, I mean, if you get into that world, you can be on and off and looking for work well, in no time. Well, the thing about it, the reason why you'll see some of the same faces as hosts of shows out there is because they live there. Yes. And and you get calls, you know, hey, can you come in? We got this new uh, game show idea, and let's test it out. And, and just like I got a call, but I lived far away. Yeah. Had I lived there, I would have gotten more calls to do other shows. Yeah. So uh, it's a matter of of being available in the right place at the right time to do those things. Well, I was just uh, sort of flattered and honored that I got that chance to fly out there and do sure, that. Sure, sure. Well, you know who got the best call? was Pat Sajak, because he was a weatherman. Out, at, out in L.A. In L.A. Sure. at KNBC, and they just called him up, and here he is, uh, I don't know how, but what, 30, 40 years later? And I imagine and that... It, they're still going sort strong. Sort of worked that way. Hey, Pat, we got another show. Can you come test for that? And, oh, okay, and he goes in the middle of the afternoon, and this one doesn't work for whatever reason, and he goes back another day, and finally you get one called Wheel of Fortune, and... The rest is history. It is. You know, this show, um, the second one we're taping today, you love to do two shows yeah, in one but, day because yeah. you're is this, a, is this a show? Uh, well, you know what the show is about? Oh, what? somebody asked. I ran into somebody yesterday. Tony's looking at his watch. He's like, <laughs> whenever that happens, I know it's not going well. Yeah. And, and Sam. You noticed I've looked at mine about five times? Yes. Yeah. Somebody asked me yesterday, and he said, uh, what, are you, what are you doing now? He said, I always watch you on Channel 2. And uh, I said, I, I'm actually doing a podcast with Steve Baskerville. It's called Back to You. 
And he said, oh, interesting, interesting. He said, what's it about? <laughs> How would you answer that? That's about 40 minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. How would I answer that? I couldn't. That's a tough one, because really, I've been I, asked the same thing. I could not answer it. Tony doesn't want to be on the show, probably, but uh, if you'd write down on a piece of paper, uh, just a little note here, what would you say this <laughs> show is about? Should we play Jeopardy music as he, <laughs> as he writes Sam, it down? Sam, you can jump in. What's it about? Uh, two guys talking. <laughs> we almost named it that, Sam. Two guys two talking. Two guys talking. Because do you that's know what not this a bad, show? That's not a bad title. You know what title. this show was going to Actually, be about? Samuel, where were you talking. about four months ago? Two guys talking. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Friends bickering. <laughs> <laughs> and that reminds me because two guys we, talking friends bickering. We've done about, about fifteen friends shows. Friends bickering. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I know a guy named Friends Bickering. <laughs> you wonder whatever happened to him. We've done. I think this might be by the time they all air, fifteen. I don't think or that many. Like we that. have yeah. not done that yes, many. Yes, it is. Yeah, we have fifteen. Yes, we have. Yes. Was I here? No, no, not Fif not, not completely. <laughs> not completely. <laughs> Physically, fifteen of them. You were here. Wow, but that's your impressive. Yeah, it is. But tell everybody, tell Sam and Tony. <laughs> I'm not and telling me another what thing. What you said that someday it might be. 470 shows in, we might do that many or, or whatever. Be, or it could be but 16 shows in. When it ends, how is it going to end? It's not going to end well because <laughs> nothing ever ends well. None of these partnerships on, you know, in show business or, or any kind of business venture never ends well. There's always so some reason you why you and I will have some kind of a disagreement, like yeah. uh, Dean Martin and, yeah, and Jerry, Jerry Lewis. I feel it coming. Not sure. that we're not in that <clears throat> class, but no, we're much better than that, stronger yes. than that. Uh, uh, yeah, because it'll be and we'll one person will reunite on Jerry Lewis's telethon. <laughs> That's right, like Dean Martin and yeah, uh, uh, and, and Tony and Tony, <laughs> and Tony will, will drag yes. me out this to is, say hi to you. This is show number sixteen. I can't believe. Do you that. believe that? Is that a good sign? I think yeah. it is. If I can't, I, I think it. It hasn't felt uh, painfully painful. Uh, uh, um, it hasn't maybe aware of uh, of uh, <laughs> of what? I don't know. Well, you have this to, is what happens when you do a second show in one day for me. And you got no topic. I, you know what the idea for I, I sent Tony? The point is there is no point. You know, you know that should the be topic, the name of the show. Do you know what the topic was going to be today? What was it? This had a nerve to have a topic. What is the topic? Well, I sent you an email. I don't see a topic on here. Small talk? I did put that. I Small put that at the top of every yeah. email I send you because you love that because Small it means talk. nothing. Uh, it was going to be about travel experiences. You know, we haven't talked to anything on this list of... No, we haven't. That's why this is two guys me. talking and friends bickering. I'm still That's waiting why. for friends we're, to show we're up. We're, we're 30 minutes into this mess. You, Do you know that? you got to be We're 30 minutes. Me. What have we said? I don't know. I'm afraid. We told about That's Henry why I don't Winkler. listen. I don't listen because I'm afraid of what I may have said. Yes. And, and how nonsensical Henry Winkler it could have been. was also, I loved him in Waterboy. Did you like Waterboy? Yes. Do you like Adam Sandler movies? Yes, I do. And I do Adam too. Sandler is fantastic. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I uh, oh I know what I meant to ask you. I don't know whether this podcast is dropped yet. Is dropped a That's dropped the word. is what we should say. You're kind of hip. Uh, but remember, what is hip today might dropped. become passe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you like that? You know, yeah. dropped can also mean canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony can wanna, call and or just he won't call and send an email. I You've wanna, been dropped. I want to bring up something that you said on one of these podcasts. Okay. And, uh, I, it, it may not have aired yet. But I want to bring it up anyway because it, it, there's... Pardon me? It would have aired this, by the time that people hear this. Yes. Oh, we're not doing them. Well, we, we're doing them in order. Yeah. Yes. They're dropping in order. Yeah. Yes. Generally. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm new to all of this. Yes. This, so, you can, so you can say So it. they are dropping in order. You will have heard this, everybody. Um Howard uh, just up and down with confidence. Yeah, I'm getting one. And uh, yes, yes, I'm getting one, getting one. I might go get it today. 
What do you think I'm talking about? Oh, I'm going to get it done. Where's this tattoo? Oh, um, yeah, I'm I knew get, it would be. I knew it would be like. Oh, this. I'm going to get it. Oh, sure. You said that. That's what. Yes. Our former uh, colleague that was on this show, <sighs> and she's going to pop up again someday. Alyssa Ali. You remember she was on here initially? Sure. I, yes. Very and she much said so. I've had. She said I've been dropped. Um, <laughs> I, I am going to get a tattoo. Yeah, that's what you said nine episodes ago. Well, it, you know, timing has to be right. I'm going with somebody. I have so an you artist. still are confident about doing that. You oh, want yeah, to get I this definitely tattoo. Definitely do. And would uh, would you? No. Why? <clears throat> I haven't. Do you, Do you know what design you're going to get? Have you decided I'm just gonna, that? It's just a word. I don't want to say what it is. is it it's just, just a, a word. It's just no, get, there's just no get the word. There's just not put a word on. There's not an eagle. Word. Put word on. It's bickering friends <laughs> is what it's going to say. Bickering friends. <laughs> and somebody ask you. What that means, you just that's a little village where I was born <laughs> in England. A hundred percent, yes, I am going to get one. Do you think that uh, usually somebody maybe that would be our age got it? You know, I used to think of tattoos from uh, guy veterans who came out of the sure. war. You know, they would all yeah. older generation. Do you think that it's um, too late to get one? Uh, no, just don't come in Is with it your silly. No, not. I'm at not going to get a sleeve. Just don't come in with your cap swung backwards. Yes, right. And you know, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Coming in with. No, the, I don't. I don't flip my hat around. I think there is a certain age where you don't flip your hat around anymore. Uh, yeah, we've done that on yeah. the show already. Just remember. Do that. you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the age we said? Um, I, I, I think, I think it's forty. Maybe I think it was older. No, I think it was about 40, 40 plus. But anyway, uh, will, you, will it change your behavior, you think? Are you getting it uh, because you're making other changes in like life? Like a midlife crisis? No, usually it signifies something more than just getting a tattoo. Like something, a What has inspired crisis? it? Like a crisis? I don't know. What I, is just, a, uh, I just, something I want to do. Cosmetically, you just think it will look... Fine. Well, nobody's really going to see it. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to get it up on the upper part of my arm. So unless yeah. I wear, a, you know, like a real shorty sleeve T-shirt or a tank top. <laughs> if I wear a tank top, if I wear a tank top with my hat backwards <laughs> and walk around like this. Oh. And it'll be on social media. Well, what's the I'm other gonna, point? Why to get it where nobody will see it? So nobody sees it. <laughs> If I choose to show it, I can hike my sleeve up a little ways. To I think show it's that great. I don't it. have any feeling one way or the other about yeah. someone choosing to have a tattoo. I think it's fine. Yeah. There, there are a whole lot of folks that I know now who do have tattoos. Yeah. Oh, of course. And I, I don't know if you answered why would you not because you're just not interested in it. Yeah, it hasn't. I'm just so. I don't know. I think and worry about stuff so much. I. I'd have to come up with the right design and what's it going to say. And I know I'd probably never make my mind up. Yeah. Um, we're over 30 minutes in. You know what that means? That it's been 30 minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> it means we'll be right back. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Pigeons pooping on politicians. Science about sperm extraction. Just one bad century, we honor the people we've lost. My brush with Walter Payton. And our celebrity interview with the Mind the Gap lady, Emma Clark. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. An evening with Rich Co. Celebrating 40 years as Fenguli here at the Museum of Broadcast Communications on October 26th. For more details, visit museum.tv. Hey, we're back with Season 2 of And Friends. I'm Sam. I'm Tommy. And I'm Kimmy. We're going to be handing out $10,000 live on the show. So listen there on And Friends, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk. Radio isn't dead. It only moved to a better place. Offers listed on this promo are not viable. If you were not here, if you were not the one. Radiomisfits.com. Welcome back to Back to You. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. How they got it right. Very nice, except for the order, but they did a good job. They got the order. They got the order. We would like to invite everybody to listen, subscribe, rate Back to You on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for 
Radio Misfits. And we are back, Steve. And, you know, uh, this show, uh, we were originally, when I said we're going to do a second show or asked you about it, we were going to talk a little bit about travel because you're going to take a road trip here soon. We'll get to it. But I uh, have a tendency to go off the rails once in a while. And since your daughter just got married, we were talking the other day about one of the most interesting... (laughs) What are you looking at? One of the most interesting weddings. Now, they're going to find this fascinating. Everybody is. One of the most interesting weddings that you ever attended. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you always presenting things like a test? Uh, it's not a test. You it's, are, just, it's just, a, it's just a prodding like... <laughs> you to tell, tell, tell the story. <clears throat> he was so at I'm assuming he, talking Arnold about... Schwarzenegger's wedding. Yeah. Right. I wasn't the only one. You're acting like I was the only one that attended the Well, winner. Jackie Kennedy was there. I mean, my gosh. This yeah. is well, you were with American royalty. Well, I worked with Maria. Both. Maria uh, Shriver. Yeah. So I was, uh, when you go in the church, it's like, which side are you on, the groom or the bride? And so I go, go to the bride and you side. you said, oh, no. Yeah. And I just, you know what I remember about the wedding? Oprah was there. Oprah spoke and some poetry and... Um, I'm trying. I can't think of others. I just remembered. Wow! I'm sitting behind Andy Williams. Andy, we yes. Andy Williams, the singer, and longtime TV shows was sitting right in front of me, and uh, we were in the chapel, uh, Hyannisport, you know, uh, where the Kennedy family. Yeah, the compound. Compound. Yes. And, and every th- every minute or so, you'd hear a roar outside. <laughs> Some well-known celebrity would show up, uh, and they bust you, right? Yeah, from you were bust from your hotel. There were motels, really. I think it was two motels uh-huh. where folks stayed, and you were bust from the motel to the chapel. Very protective of everything. Private, obviously. Private, very I mean, extremely private. No, but cameras. I, yeah, and you're in a motorcade. The actual yeah. bus trip from the motel to the church was by motorcade i mean it was like a parade you know folks lined the streets waving and it was really oh. cool to see that. and what was the reception like a couple of tents one with more uh, conservative older folks sort of music and then the other tent was the young kennedys the young yeah and at that time i could very much be in the young tent <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, really, I mean, Jackie Kennedy was there. Was yeah. were there people like keeping others away from her because she was a very private yeah, person? Yeah, she was there with uh, sort of a, an entourage of protection around her because uh, she was for sure the biggest star. Although there were other stars there, I remember. Uh, Ted I Kennedy. Remember, yeah, sure, Ted, Ted. Kennedy, and. Um, I sat near, I don't know whether I was at the same table, can't remember now, Grace Jones and uh, Andy Warhol. Hmm, really? I just thought that wow. was that is cool. interesting combo so, to see walk in together. This was before we had cameras on our phones. Yes. So you would have to bring like a Kodak Instamatic. Did you... Everybody had a camera. Everybody snuck the had camera a, in? No. Everybody had an intention of taking pictures. And before we left the motel to go to the wedding we were all told by a loud voice leave your cameras in your room no pictures because that was really uh, the only way that folks could have a good time without paparazzi and people taking pictures so there was it was no cameras everybody and uh so you didn't bring one no my wife said oh man i really want this camera and i and and uh did she bring one she left her camera <laughs> in the, her purse and i mean she brought one no yeah she and the thing she is, left it, how do you explain that well i left it in my purse well the thing is you brought it uh she didn't get it out you mean to take a picture no and we were just talking about wanting photos of the event with a couple of the kennedy cousins and one i think was um, near, I, you know, there were there were cousins that would walk the women invited to the wedding down the aisle, or it would be not just in the party, mm-hmm. but they would seat you, and you know the ushers would tell you, you know, assist you on one side of the aisle or the other. And I think if it, 
one of the cousins had my wife by the arm and led her to us to the seat. And we got to know, you know, the kids who were there. Kids being, you know, teenagers or young adults who were there. And one of them said, we were casually saying, gee, I'd love to have a picture of that at the reception. Yeah. And she said, who do you want a picture of? And she said, anybody. And, and she said, you got a camera? And my wife gave her the camera. And she started snapping pictures. So I still have pictures that, that is probably cool. are cool to look at. They're cool for me to look at. But a lot and of other the, folks would like to see them, too, I'm sure. And the thing that we've talked about that that could be you still got those pictures. Arnold may have loved, like, the toaster oven or whatever you got them for their for, for their wedding yeah. present. What do you get yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger I can't remember. We got something off of the list, off the registry. Or, you know, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but from Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever sure, it was. It wasn't anything. Yeah, it's just a bedspread, it, Arnold. Yes. I love this bedspread. Yes, Bad and accent. I'm sure it's something that could be lingering somewhere. But, yeah. Uh, no, that was certainly the most uh, exciting wedding and reception I've ever attended. Until, but at the time, you know, uh, but at the time, was... Arnold was not a huge star. I mean, he had done Conan, 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 Conan. and uh, that's why Grace Jones was Conan O'Brien, Conan the Barbarian. Oh, okay. And uh, Grace Jones was in it as a co-star yeah. with him. And so I, pre-Terminator. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, you're going on a road. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about travel uh, was to was to thought it might be interesting. But you're going on a. Uh, we're 45 minutes in now. Gee, Have well, we said anything? It only feels like 60 minutes in. <laughs> no, go ahead. What difference? Uh, you're going on a driving yeah. trip very now, soon. Do you like to drive? Like I'm taking a drive. We're going from. I do. From Chicago to the East Coast. I do. I yeah. used to like it. Uh, you know, a lot better before. Phones because you'd really, you were really, of course, you can turn them off, but you were really out there. I mean, yes. you're alone on the road. Yeah. And I like driving through. Was this post covered wagon? <laughs> Funny guy. <laughs> before phones. Funny I didn't know guy. how far back before phones you went. Well, I mean, when did we get cell phones? Not till like, what, the late 80s? Mm, Something like that? Later than that, right? Or later, think. or later. So yeah. I mean, that I guess that's a long time ago. But anyway, it's a chance to get away. I like driving. I like getting off the interstate and going through small towns, and eating in a, in a little diner and seeing, you know, seeing the country. And my kids did too when I was, when they were small. They used to like to see things. So I like, yeah, I like the road. I like driving. That's the best way to see the country. Yeah, I have. There's a lot west I haven't seen. I don't know if I like going to small towns and eating in diners. Really? No. Oh, well, you should. It's a good I'm, experience. Uh, yeah, it can be. Because, you I know, driving, imagine. that is how you find out about the country. Because I can remember when I was in sixth grade, we I grew up downstate, and we had a field trip to Chicago. And when we were on the Stevenson or whatever it was then, 55, and hit by McCormick Place, yeah. and you saw Lake Michigan, uh, the kid sitting next to me in sixth grade said, oh, wow, isn't that Pacific Ocean beautiful? Yeah. So people yeah. don't know anything about well, what I geography. Say, well, what I say, I don't like getting into small towns and dining. I, I'm always afraid of go, venturing too far off, car breaks down, can't get, you know, AAA Deliverance. <laughs> I just don't, you know, I've seen too many movies. Yes, you have. <laughs> I had not a, ooh, 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 what was that? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, and we've talked about this. Would like you that. Would you ever camp? No. Have no. you? Unless why? the camp, unless the tent had central air and satellite TV. Yeah. I need comfort. I like, yeah. I like a lot of comfort. I'm not one have to you rough heard it. Of, I don't uh, rough it. Have you heard of glamping? Well, yeah, it's close to what I'm talking about, but still, it's like amp, a luxury. Amping is in there. I don't want anything amping in it. Well, the thing I like hoteling. Yeah, I like hoteling <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, the Four Seasons. Glow telling. If it was called glow telling. Well, like you that. know, it's not the comfort that you know. I would I would go glamping. It's not the comfort that that bothers me. It's if you're out west somewhere, it's the wild animals that lurk at yeah, night. Yeah, that's true too. You know. I, like a mountain lion. I, I can't be bothered with that. No. Or bears. I mean, even when I, I drive, I'm not going to drive at night. 
when I when I take this road trip, I'm you not won't driving. Drive no. And when I don't you, do, do a you lot do of all the driving, driving, or does your wife drive? She'll at all? drive as well. Yes. Will she? Yeah. And is there a lot of uh, discussion? Because I love sleeping in cars. <laughs> yeah. I like taking a nap in a car. It's, I just bet. It, yeah. That she's a better driver than you. She's a different driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In, I don't in, know who's better. In what way? Um, I'm I'm an awful passenger. I react to every little little turn oh, and twist. Yeah, I'm I know a, you've ridden with me. Yes, yeah. I you don't, make me nervous. I don't like to be the passenger. So, I'm. She's probably a better overall um, driver and passenger. And what do you like she to do? do? That to me. Uh, pick a place. What's your favorite place? In the United States, first of all, and then we'll do Europe. That you that you would recommend where you've been, and you said that was fantastic. We had the best time there. It would be since I don't know so much about it, and I've, I haven't been there many times. It would be somewhere west, west of the Mississippi. Has been. I've only been to a few places, but Jefferson the places territory. <laughs> well. I mean, it's. I just haven't gone. I've gone to Phoenix area, and that would be the place that I'd recommend. It's beautiful out in Sedona and places. Sedona, like that. I've been in there. Arizona. That is spectacular. I'd like to go northwest it's, to Seattle. I've never been there. Yeah, although it's great I've been too. to Vancouver. Uh, there's me similar. think that Seattle must be pretty nice. Oh, it's it's so, really cool. But the but my my uh, choice would be somewhere in the southwest, like uh, parts of Arizona. Yeah, during the day. I, we during took the a day. trip. <laughs> yes. we, we took a trip, flew into Vegas, and then went to Zion National Park in Utah, which is spectacular. Stayed in the in the lodge there, hiked, and then went to Bryce National Park, which is completely different. And they're not that far apart. And I really fell in love with seeing that kind of scenery. And you re- you really feel like you're away from it all because you are. Yeah, I'd like I'd like uh, to do that as long as there's no roughing it involved. Gets back to that whole thing again. Were you roughing it out there? Well, I stayed in a, I stayed in the, in the lodge, which was very nice. Yeah. So, uh, no, I wasn't camping, but I would I, I you know, I, the glamping part of it I would do, except for the animals. Uh, that's that that's the thing that gets me. We've talked about that before. Like I would never go to, like on a safari. No, would I, I would never step out in my backyard after midnight. No, because you're, you're afraid of possums <laughs> yeah. and skunks. So if I don't want to do that, do you think I'd go on a safari? I um, still don't get this thing of what you're afraid of with a skunk. Because they don't, no, it's just they're not going to come spray you. Um, well, yeah, they are. My fear is that I'll... I'll if you're uh, sitting there, they know you're there. Yeah. So they're not going to walk up on your Every patio. skunk that I've seen has raised its tail. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I have an immediate reaction to that. That's not a good sign. That. No. Has your dog ever been skunked? <laughs> yes, we had a dog that was skunked. And I didn't know what, I didn't know what that smell was. It smelled like kerosene to me. Yeah, it's, it's rough. And I was like, what is that smell? And he came in looking wide-eyed, and I realized it was coming from the dog. It's, it's rough. And the and the remedy uh, it was tomato juice. Tomato juice. Yeah, you drink tomato juice with vodka, and then you don't smell it anymore. And it just, That's the well, remedy. It smelled like a tomatoey skunked dog. Yes. Yeah. It, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It takes several days for it to to really fade away, and we're fading away right now. I think we've come to the end of this program. Well, and what's and what was it about? I think we I think we covered a variety of topics. <laughs> Still didn't tell me what it was about. Um, it was small talk. Was, That's right. Oh, yeah, I see it my headline here. Tony's. Small talk. Yeah. I thought no, your, prep, your preparation was very good. Yeah, I have lots of sheets in front of me. From me. I had to you be didn't careful. use any of I them. I did say sheets. <laughs> 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 I got a lot of sheets in front of me. This thing goes uh, up yeah. in the air. You can say anything you want. Yeah. All right, special thanks to our engineer today, who is Samuel Greenberg. Executive producer is Tony Lasano, 
and I asked him. No, I want to say Tony, and you were supposed to fill in his last name. Okay. To make it, you know. Okay. Rhythmic in the nature. Executive producer is Tony. Yeah. No, it's too late now. With opishows.com, yeah. opi is hippo yeah. backwards. Opishows.com, distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. I somehow, I, 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 somehow have, I did. I was going to say I somehow have enjoyed this. Yes, I don't know I what too. it was. I, I don't either. I couldn't but, describe it. What was it about? I, I couldn't tell I you. Think but it I think what, what's most interesting, people can't see this, but this is the first time I think you've worn a hat through the whole thing, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I wear hats a lot, though. Yeah, when, I don't think you've worn off work. Yeah, but you haven't worn a hat through a whole podcast. Did Maybe it, that did it unnerve you? No, it's just different. Okay. I might wear mine next week. That's the end of this one. We thank everybody for sticking with us for these 50, how many minutes? 50 plus. 50-ish. Yeah, I, I it really mean, that went. blows my mind. It really went quickly. Long. It seemed like an hour 55. Anyway, <laughs> we thank you very much for listening. Back to you on the RadioMisfits.com network. Let's do it again next week. Let's do it again next week. Yeah. Steve, thank you. I really enjoyed being with you. <laughs> Don't get sincere now. Well, I, was, I wasn't sincere. <laughs> That's as sincere as I get. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Podcasting from Chicago, an Opie production for the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Lasano and Friends. When the guests receive a questionnaire, there's a bunch of questions on there. One now has been added this season is... What pronoun would you like to be known as? Totally. I have like non-binary friends and I'll find myself saying the word man and I'm like, I'm not even using it as like a pronoun. Right. It's yeah. just a filler word. Right. And I know that it means so much more to them, so I'm trying to like force it out. Right. But it's so embedded. It's like a pronoun I've yeah. used yeah. since I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. And I still fall back on it just being like, oh, hey man, what's going on? You know what I mean? To anybody. Yeah. Woman, man, yeah. trans, anybody. Yeah. And I always feel terrible yeah. about it no matter who I'm talking to because it's a stupid thing to say. It's like a crutch. I've been like a South thing. And but I mean, the South thing would be better because you can just say y'all and then you're done. That's and that covers everybody. No, that's, I just use y'all. Maybe the South is more progressive than we yeah. are and we need to give them more sure. credit than they sure. get. Y'all is the best gender neutral pronoun. It really is. It hits the singular. Yep. It hits the plural. plural yep. It yeah. hits everybody. Yep. And it's got a little bit of character, too, because it's like, howdy, y'all. How you doing? Yeah. It's bipartisan. We're yeah. across the yeah. aisle. We have solved sexism <laughs> in this it. country. Now racisms. Maybe not the word y'all. <laughs> Be sure to tell a friend about Lasano and Friends, which is available online at radiomisfits.com. Follow Lasano Friends on Twitter. Radiomisfits.com Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, a look at some famous car flops, plus a discussion about the Bentley Continental R. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Is this over? Yes. <laughs>